I love watching movies, but I actually really hate going to the movie theater. I now typically watch movies at Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is a world-class outdoor venue that hosts movies, concerts, and a massive yoga class at the base of the mountains about 20 minutes from downtown Denver. It's actually a great place to go watch movies during COVID because it's all outside. With COVID running rampant through the streets of Denver, I had another reason to avoid going to the movie theater. This holiday season, though, I actually did decide to go to the movies to watch two specific movies. How many times can I say that? The word movie. I still haven't seen one of them. So the first movie, which I haven't seen yet, is Dune. I feel like it's one of those shows that just is better seen on the big screen. And the second one is King Richard, which I watched with my mom on Thanksgiving. King Richard is a movie executive produced by Venus and Serena Williams, and it is for all extents and purposes, a love letter to their dad. It also is the inspiration, King Richard, for today's podcast episode about the emotional and financial cost of chasing a dream. No spoilers will be shared in this episode. Definitely listen on to hear the five lessons learned about the financial and emotional cost of dreams from the movie King Richard. I think there are some great life lessons in this. When I first purchased my home, I was so excited about it. I also discovered that there were so many aspects to home ownership that I just literally had no clue about. How often I would have to do home maintenance, how tiring yard work would be, and the moments when I thought that maybe just maybe I should have purchased a property outside of an HOA. There was another home ownership experience that I was fascinated by, which was the refinance process. As a first-time homeowner, I didn't completely understand the process and why it was a useful financial tool that so many homeowners used. Fortunately, there is a resource to help educate homeowners going through the refinance process. Refiley is a lender comparison tool that helps homeowners find lenders to help them refinance their mortgage. Refiley helps homeowners see and compare different lenders and estimated fees and rates before saying yes to their future home loan. What I really love about Refiley's comparison tool is the following, transparency, ease of use and accessibility. If you're looking to refinance your home, Refiley is the tool I recommend to help you with the lender comparison process. And I am proud to partner with Refiley to share the comparison tool. obsessed with gymnastics. You would find me doing cartwheels and flips any chance that I could get. In fact, when I was in the fourth grade, I was on TV for the first time doing a flip off of a bar because that was safe (laughs) and landing with my thumb up in a long time segment that used to run on channel four. So if you're a long time Coloradan, you might remember that thumbs up segment at the end of each broadcast. To this day, I love gymnastics. I am still obsessed with gymnastics. But like many little girls, I had to give up that dream because we just couldn't afford it. I ended up eventually joining cheerleading, and I'm happy to say that cheerleading was a joy in my life for five years. I actually cheered in college. There are times, though, when I wonder, what if? What if I'd had the money to pay for training, coaching, meets, and the rest? But I didn't. What amazes me about King Richard and Richard Williams, Venus and Serena's 
father is the amount of focus and faith he had in his dream to raise these champion tennis players when basically there were no black tennis players to kind of lead him in that dream. And I wanted to share what the lessons that I left with are after watching the movie. It it really affected me. Like I, I was a little concerned because it's a long movie. Doesn't feel like it at all, in case you're wondering. But I left with some really big lessons and I think they're important life lessons to kind of think about and mull over. So lesson number one is you get one big ask. Many people make the mistake of asking for too many favors from the same people. Instead, the goal is to understand that in reality, you have one big ask or favor that you can ask from people. In Richard's case, on two very different occasions, he asked for people's other people's help with Venus and Serena's careers. It is, to me, I'm still, I can't even believe how freaking big the ask was. And on two different occasions, the people said yes to that ask. The second one in particular was huge. Without those people, it is highly unlikely that Venus and Serena would have progressed in their careers in the way that they did. Why did people say yes to Richard Williams ask or asks because he he had two huge ones. Well, in my view, it's because his entire family showed up 150% almost every single day for the dream that they had, not only just for Venus and Serena, but for the entire family because the other daughters in the family are high achievers. And specific to Venus and Serena's dream of becoming the best in the world at tennis, those girls were playing tennis and practicing all the time. That's all they did was practice tennis. People invest in people who show up. If you're needing investment in a dream, stop asking for money all the time from people and focus on the big ask. You need to be very careful about asking for money over and over again because people will begin to feel like they're being used and that's not good. Instead, think about the one big ask and show up for your dream so that it's a no-brainer for people to say yes when you ask. And by the way, that one big ask can happen more than once with the same people, but there's a lot to be said about timing. So in my case, I asked for a lot of help for my first in-person event, uh, my Money on the Mountain financial retreat for financially single women. I reached out to all my friends and was like, hey, (laughs) I'm doing this thing and I would love for you to support me in this. It was a big deal for me. I felt a little nervous to ask everyone for money because that's what I was doing, but I could not run that event in in the red. There was no option. It had to run in the black. And because I'd never asked for help from people before, like financial help, they all came through. Like I I think like 70%, 80% of the people that I asked to help me financially with that event said yes in some capacity. So really be intentional around your asks. Lesson number two, most people won't understand your vision. When you have a big dream, people aren't always going to understand your dream. There are many reasons for this. 
dreams are specific to the dreamer. Other people may be afraid for you or they might not understand your methods, the methods that you're using to attain your dream. The Williams family in particular had so much going against them in relation to just other people putting down their dream. What's scary about that is other people around them could have really railroaded that dream. It was very dangerous for Richard in particular, and I don't want to give this away too much, to to put himself out there in the way that he did for his girls. You just have to see the movie. When I quit my job and said I was going to work for myself and work online at the end of 2014, real talk, and I don't talk about this a lot, but there were definitely people in my life who thought I was absolutely nuts. And it took a really long time for them to get, quote unquote, get what I was trying to do. And it only became real to them or respectable to them when I started getting results that they understood and cared about versus the results that I was looking for personally. So when I was on PBS NewsHour with Pete, aka Mr. Money Mustache on the most viewed PBS video ever, there's like almost 5 million downloads on that video. Anyway, people understood that. When I worked with brands that they heard of and got paid for working with them, that was like a measurable achievement. But before then, like before that started to happen, people were like, what are you doing? Like they did, there was a lack of respect for my dream. Measurable achievements such as TV spots, awards, downloads, and cash. Those are the measurable wins that other people will look at before buying into your dream. This may differ from some of the things that you actually care about, such as pursuing something you love, being the best, and earning money. So just be aware of that. Lesson number three, this is huge, huge, huge. Lack of resources kills dreams. I talk about applying for grants and scholarships a lot on my social media feeds. There is a reason why I mention this so often, and that is because there are a lot of people out there who don't have relatives and friends that they can borrow cash from to fund their dreams. Grants and scholarships are an amazing way to fund parts of your dream that might be inaccessible to you otherwise. In fact, Jeff Bezos got startup cash from his family. And I think it's important to think about that. He had other people invest in him. But for those of us who don't have someone who's like, hey, I'm going to give you 300 grand to start Amazon and a whole bunch of angel investors, your angel investor, your angel investors, if you're not a Jeff Bezos, it's grants and scholarships, grants and scholarships. Those are your angel investors. I've received scholarships or grants for the following things. And I can't even keep track of it all because I've received so many because I always put myself in front of conference attendance, self-care for retreats, college, outward bound. Outward bound in particular is an interesting one because my mom applied for a scholarship for me to do outward bound. I think she always had her eye out for stuff like that. She didn't even know what it was, but basically outward bound is to this day, an intensive outdoor educational experience where I went with about six or eight other 13 year olds and two camp counselors. And we literally backpacked across the, the Rocky mountains for four weeks total. There was a, a test week to make sure that we would be able to handle it. Then we went home for a week. We returned and then we hiked around and camped for three weeks in the mountains of Colorado. This is actually a very 
quintessential Colorado experience. Like, like when I tell people that I've done this, they're like, holy crap, we wish we'd done that. Other people are like, we did do that, but it's a very, very expensive program. I was really lucky to do it. I did eight weeks sleepaway camp, which was a really big deal back in the day. My mom didn't have the money for that. She applied for a scholarship for me and I was granted one. Put yourself out there for scholarships. I did up with people to this day one of the most amazing things ever. By the way, all these experiences, they are so special to me. The, the sleepaway camp, Camp Chief Uray in Uray, Colorado, best thing ever. So up with people, I traveled around the world for a year with a group of about 130 people. We volunteered, stayed with host families and performed a musical. They are still to this day a family to me. They are so important to me, the people that I traveled the world with. I couldn't afford that trip, by the way. I couldn't afford that program. And halfway through that program, I ended up going home and having to, during the winter break, I went home and I had to work for like a month for some additional money. And then I, I returned to the cast and was able to finish out the year. But I had received a significant amount of scholarship money. So it was a small amount that I needed, but still I was broke the whole year, but I was able to do that. Courses, I received scholarships and grants for courses. I literally, again, cannot tell you how many grants and scholarships that I've received because I'm always applying for them. I actually just recently applied for a ski trip for Black women who are into skiing. <laughs> I will keep you posted to let you know if I received it, but it is for a very, very expensive location. And the goal is to support people of color, women in particular, in the ski industry and who are interested in doing that. I snowboard, so I have my own equipment, but it's very expensive to go skiing. And so I put my name in for that and we'll see if I receive it. I'm not sure what my life would look like if I hadn't had access to all those funds. The course of my life would be very different. Always apply for grants and scholarships for school, for your business, for your interests. It doesn't matter. Always, always apply for a couple of reasons. You would be shocked at how few people are applying for these scholarships, scholarships and grants. In fact, on Twitter, I always bring this up. My friend Amanda told me that she hail married grant application. She applied the last day and then she was actually awarded $10,000 for a nonprofit that she had founded. Apply. You just never know what you're going to get. Here's the thing. When you're at a point in your business or in your life when you feel like this is unnecessary, like it's unnecessary for you to apply for these things. And quite honestly, there are major during uh, COVID, there were major grants that people were applying for in order to keep their business afloat. You don't have to be impoverished is what I'm trying to say in order to apply for these things. You could be at different income levels and still be awarded a grant or scholarship. You just need to meet the specific criteria in order to receive said grant or scholarship. So, so just think about that. Anyway, there's a point where you need to return the favors. I mentioned my Money on the Mountain financial retreat. Well, one of the things I was doing was making sure that one, that I got paid for the time to host this event, but two, that I could cover the attendance of a lot of attendees who may not have otherwise been able to attend because of the expense, because those tickets were $175. I wanted to make sure that if you wanted to attend that event, that I had you covered. It was a big deal that I hosted that event, big deal that my friends helped me host it by giving me money. And the reason why I did it the way that I did was so that people could have access to it who otherwise might not 
be able to attend because of the cost. Lesson number four, at the same time we're dreaming our dream, we're fighting. What are we fighting? We're fighting our doubts, our fears, naysayers. It's crazy to me. It is absolutely crazy to me how much Richard Williams had to fight to make his dream of raising two tennis champions become a reality. What I hadn't considered as I watched the movie, I hadn't considered how much his life factored into the goals and dreams he had for his daughters, his own life and experiences. Imagine being a black man of his age and all the things that he probably dreamed about doing and achieving in his life that he wasn't, he wasn't able to do or achieve because he was a black man from the South. When you dream big, you put yourself out there for a lot of ridicule, mistreatment, and unfortunately naysayers, trolls. If we're supporting the dreams of others, we may share our fears and concerns with them from that lens. And so that's something to think about. It's not a surprise to me that the the Williams family is so close and insular because you have to really pick the company that you keep very carefully. Lesson number five, sometimes the path you've chosen may change. The path towards your dream. I really should have said, quite honestly, the path that you've chosen towards your dream, your dream will actually change. It will always change because it always does. Holding too tightly to the dream may keep you from seeing a better way to achieve your goal or just to let it go. This actually was a really hard lesson for Richard Williams to, to learn. And it almost cost him, I think, his relationship with Venus. And I don't want to get into what happens. Again, no spoilers. But I think that there was a moment where this could have gone very wrong if he if he continued to hold on so tightly to how he thought things should be. Two bonus lessons. Don't say yes to the first opportunity that comes your way. Don't always say yes to the first opportunity that comes your way. If you've been planting enough metaphorical seeds out there in the world for what you want, then another opportunity will likely be on its way. What does this look like? Staying focused on your dream, building, sustaining, and nurturing your connections, understanding your worth and where you're at in your journey. Recently, I was on a Twitter thread, by the way, where a business owner said that he paid around five to eight cents a word for freelance work. And then he said, I think this is a great rate. Many of us push back and we're like, uh, no, it's really not. <laughs> then I thought about this some more. Maybe this rate might be ideal for like a beginner, someone who just wanted to thoughtfully build out their portfolio on a few quick projects. But this rate is not good for someone who has been freelancing for three years and has built, built up an expertise or several types of expertise, in which case this rate would be actually completely laughable. I say this to say, um, know where you, you are at in the journey and what you're worth. And if you've been out there just planting seeds and just by that, what I mean is just putting yourself in front of as many opportunities as possible, something else is going to come along that's going to be better. But you have to decide what you say yes to is basically what I'm trying to say. Atmosphere and rest impacts everything. There's a point in the movie when Ursine Williams, Venus and Serena's mom, talks about the pace that the entire family is working and how in the long term it's not sustainable. Rest is a key component to success and so is the atmosphere literally around you as, as well as the people whom you're dealing with. Eventually, Richard Williams figures out a way to manage both of those issues, atmosphere and rest. And when I say this man is a genius, how he does this, the man is a genius. It blew my mind 
what he ended up doing for the family. I truly loved this movie and I have so much respect for the amount of work it took the Williams family to nurture so much success within all five daughters. Richard Williams is a flawed man, but aren't we all? But you cannot ignore the results. Have you watched the movie? What are your thoughts about the emotional and financial cost of having a dream? And feel free to share with me some of the financial and emotional costs that you've paid to pursue your own dreams. Thanks for listening.